All right, everybody, do you have your hymn books? All right, let's go uh, number six. Sing number six. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. All right, number six. I think almost everybody's here. All right, you ready? Everybody stand up. All right, here we go. You ready? I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I hold it. Now, when we come to the chorus, men, I need you to do that little answer thing. He lives. He lives. <laughs> he lives. He lives. Okay? We have such virility here. So many good men singers. We need that little punch thing, okay? All right, verse 2. You ready? In all the world around me. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives. Hold it, hold it. Where's the man? All right, on the chorus. You ready? I'll sing the men's boy. Ready? Here we go. He lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. The eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving. So good and kind. He lives, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives. 
thank you, Lord, that you've brought us to a whole other level of life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can sing and rejoice as we serve you day by day that there is this living fountain that never will run dry. Through faith we have found the life in Christ and what a wonderful life it is. Now we ask that you would pour out that life upon us as we're gathered together for this time, that you'll uh, uh, strengthen and uh, refresh our sleepy bodies and especially our hearts and minds to hear what you would say to us today. We give you this hour with thanksgiving in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Okay. Well, this is the session that's called uh, something like Early Lessons of the New Creation. Well, forget about the title. It's just, uh, you know, uh, these are some of the early lessons. So during the three times, we're going to talk about uh, from faith to faith. That is faith from beginning to end. That is faith. That's the beginning and the growing and the increase of our life throughout our days. So we want to look at faith, and we're going to put a lot of the scriptures up here, which you are, of course, welcome to copy down. But I need a couple of readers. Now, Jeremiah is one of my favorite readers, and he's sitting in his row, so he's going to be my reader numero uno. Now I need uh, Bo. Ah, Bo. That's reader numero two. Two. Oh. And then uh, I need one more reader. One of the sisters. Now, I, I don't like somebody just reading words. You know what I mean? These are not the globs of words together. These are expressions of truth from the heart. So I need... Who's the sister who's going to read? I mean read with a capital R. All right, who we got? Re reader numero tres. Okay, now, sisters, who, you're going to have to elect somebody. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to wait. Uh, somebody's being pointed to. Yeah. You're our reader, number three. Okay? Yeah. Okay, very good. Let's get started. Faith to Faith, Session 1. Living Faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's what I want to emphasize today. The just shall live by faith. Okay? Faith is a powerful and mysterious thing. Uh, number one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So it connects us. It's mysterious because it connects us to the invisible. The assurance of things not seen. Well, now that sounds kind of strange. How can you see things that aren't seen? How can you know things that are invisible? The answer is faith. Extremely important. It is an inner assurance or conviction that the invisible is real. Now, this is a gift from God, but the, for a Christian, you believe things, you're convinced of things that you can't see. And as a matter of fact, we walk in this invisible realm, not by sight. So this is a very important thing. All right? I'm not going to call out number one, number two, number three. When you see the scripture up there, it's time. Ah, you got that deep, rich voice. 
Yeah, the, the bow voice. Ah, it's very nice. All right, why am I getting a little feedback here on the treble end? Can you cut down a little treble? All right. All right. God did not make the worlds out of visible stuff. All right, there's Nutty Putty, which uh, this world is so crazy you might think the world was made out of. And does anybody know what's in the far right corner? And one of the favorite phrases of, uh, uh, you know, guys who believe in uh, evolution. Right, primordial ooze. That's the primordial ooze. Don't you know what that is? You came from this primordial ooze, according to certain evolutionary guys. I find that fantastic. It looks like something somebody blew their nose. You came out of that. <laughs> Faith declares that an invisible God created the world out of nothing. He said, let there be light. There it was. Out of nothing. He didn't take nutty putty. He said, let there be light. Boing. Nothing. Anybody know what this means? Can anybody say this words? What is it? Creatio ex nihilo. Which means created out of nothing. This is the famous theological term for the way God does things. He creates out of nothing. You know nihilo means nothing. Creatio means creatio. Out of nothing. Alright. Ah, you missed one word, but otherwise a very solid reading. Okay. Faith always pleases God because it means a man is acting out of his spiritual capacity. Not just his soul, but he's actually sensed another dimension and he's acting out of it, you see. The soul, basically we define as our thought, our will and emotions, only believes what it can see or know by the five senses. That's not faith. You know, whatever you know, you don't believe, but that's what so many people have, soul faith. They believe what they can see. Now, which one of that is the knowing, is, is the, knowing the emotions and the will? No, 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 I know. This is see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Okay, very good. Jesus was amazed by great faith. You remember this story? The centurion soldier who had a sick servant? And listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus marveled. Thank you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a good reader. He reads sense into the words. He marveled at the faith of the centurion. Why? What was it that he marveled at? Here was a secular, here was a soldier, here was a non-Jewish centurion. And yet he had faith. What was the amazing part of this? Are we gonna, can I ask, is somebody going to raise their hands or are you all chickens? What's the start? Chickens? <laughs> okay. 
All right, come on, somebody be brave. Raise your hand. Right, Jordan. What was it about the great faith he marveled at? If I put a sentence on the bottom, will it help you? Huh? <laughs> the centurion believed the invisible authority of Jesus' word and did not need to have him go to his house. Now imagine that. Imagine sensing in Jesus this authority that he had to just say the word and it would be done. He said, no, 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 please, I'm not worthy. Just say it. It'll be done. Now that's faith. Do you have such faith in the authority of the word of God? The Lord said he was marveled at this faith. He was overjoyed by great faith. Now you remember this other great faith story. The Gentile Syrophoenician woman. A little louder, Bo. Okay, now, Bo, because you read that so well, you get to pick somebody to answer the question. What was the great faith that was shown here? And who's going to answer that for us? Ah, of course. All right. Uh, because the woman has great faith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're the guy in Sunday school who always said Jesus for the answer. We had to give you credit. At least, at least read that. Wasn't she tested? I'm sorry, I, I can't deal with you. I'm sorry, I, 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 can't, I have to feed the children of Israel. But she saw right through it. She saw the love of God in Jesus and she kept pursuing, kept making deals. And finally, it's just so obvious that she saw that he had love for the whole world. Now, that's amazing faith. Yeah? All right. Uh, Jesus rebuked the disciples for little faith. Uh-oh, the disciples, they should have the great faith, but not always. Okay, and who's going to answer our question? Why is this little faith? You might say this has nothing to do with faith. There's no miracle involved here. You know, who's going to answer for us? You choose. <laughs> this, this is after the multiplication of the bread. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty good. He said they're still worried about the bread back there and if they scooped it all up. You know, when's the penny going to drop in our Christian lives? 
that there's spiritual issues, not just outward issues. And these disciples are there in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus is trying to tell them something spiritual. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they're going, row, row, row your boat. Hey, he's talking about bread. Hey, did you bring the bread, Pete? Oh, and he says, ay, ay, ay. you have little faith. I'm not talking about outward things. Don't you understand? If you're going to walk by faith, you've got to start to discern things beneath the surface. Ah, faith is very important. That discernment in your life that sees beneath the surface or through the surface to the real issue. Right? That's right. It's very important. The issue of living faith are the eyes of the heart open. Ah. This is my friend, Maya Corazon. Yes, all right, well, uh, we'll get up, uh, Jeremiah, you have to look up Ephesians 1.18 there. Ephesians 1.18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints. Did you know you had eyes in your heart? Fudum, fudum, Every three thumps, you blink. You have eyes of your heart by faith. And uh, Paul says, I'm praying that you can open those eyes and see things that are unseen. It's very important, you see. Why? Because faith has so much to do with the invisible. Listen, there's so much of God that is not seen but very powerful. Did you hear our brother share this morning? It's possible to look up creation and suddenly it's as if God opens the outward curtain of creation and says, there's God. But you know, you've got to have the eyes open, the eyes of the heart. Very important issue here. Hmm? All right, so the first great lesson we learn about faith is that faith involves the unseen. Okay. Do you see the reality of unseen things? Do you at least see through a glass darkly the reality of unseen things? Now, you are young people. And you tend to look at things from the outside. You look at your friends, you look at situations, the crummy school you're in, whatever it would be, outside. But by faith, you need to realize, hmm, why does God have me here? And there may be some unseen things there that the Lord is working at. Okay. The second great lesson we learn about faith is... Living faith connects to a person, not to things. Now, people today with their soul faith in this world have faith in things. You know, crystals, my astrological chart, faith in the economy. I think this is pretty shaky stuff. But faith, the biblical faith, connects to a person. That is the living God. Faith is connecting to Jesus. Okay, here we go. Some scriptures. Who, who's, our, who's our guy? Number two, Bo. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not
faith connects to Jesus and then Jesus himself saves you, heals you, speaks to you, gives you something. Faith is, is not a, uh, I see something in the unseen. God wants me to have a Mercedes Benz. Oh Lord, I claim a Mercedes Benz. I put, take a picture, cut it out of the magazine, put it up on my wall of a Mercedes Benz. Every time I see it, I say, Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes. <laughs> I, I, no, this isn't what happens. You go to God and say, God, I need a car. He says, fine, here's a used Volkswagen. You see. But it's connecting to him that's really the issue, right? Notice in John's Gospel, the term is literally believe into him. We'll look at those again. The phrase gives us a sense of movement, like someone's walking into him. Have you ever connected to Jesus by moving toward him in faith? Everybody starts the day off differently. One of the, day, the things that I do every morning is I say, Lord, by faith, I move into Christ. I come into Christ in all of his salvation, in all of his wealth, in all of his wisdom. I come into you, Lord. And I sense in my heart that I'm like moving in position into Christ, which is my uh, home address. There's a movement. So now we look at these again, and uh, you don't, we don't have to read it. I'll read it. But you see, if you look at this, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth into Him shall not perish. There's a movement. You don't just say, I, I believe in Him. No, I believe in Him, and so I go toward Him, you see. There's, there's that sense, you see, wonderfully. He who believes into Him is not judged. Or John 3.36. He who believes into the Son has eternal life. There's a connection between you and the Lord. And faith is the issue. What did you receive when you believe into Him? Life. Capital L-I-F-E. Put it another way. God's life. Or as it says, Zoe. Any girl here named Zoe? We got anybody? It's getting to be a pretty popular name. Zoe is the Greek word for life, eternal life, God's life. By faith, you connect to God and you connect to His life. Think about that. This is a living faith. It connects to a living God. And it immediately quickens and regenerates you. Because you've touched this life from heaven. You may not see it, but you'll know it. You become a new creature. Okay? And Lance talked about that a little bit last night. Hmm? If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. There's new stuff going on. There's new life. Uh, yeah. Of him, all the prophets are witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. Now, it's an amazing thing, but when you really trust in Jesus, believe into Jesus, there's something in you that knows you've been forgiven. When I was 20 years old, I was saved. I had a long list of sins already by 20. But when I was saved, I don't know, I can't explain it because I didn't grow up in religious things. 
But when I was saved, I knew I was forgiven. I can't tell you that 1,000 pounds of stuff that came off my life. I knew I was forgiven. I can't explain that knowing, but it's there. You know your heart is clean. Next verse. Who's This is talking about Gentiles and Jews. No distinction. Cleanses our hearts by faith. You know you're no longer guilty. No longer guilty. We can come to Him. It's wonderful. You know you've been made holy. Whenever Paul preached the gospel, this was his goal. And the end of that, those who have been sanctified by faith in me. The moment we are saved, Paul calls us saints. Because we are. We've been made holy by what our Lord has done. This is an amazing thing. You know you have peace with God. All this new faith knowledge is included in this life. All of this, I know I'm forgiven, I know I'm, I'm holy, all of this is included in this life you've entered into. They are yours, free, forever. How can this be true? Alright, now we'll just try to think about this for a second. Because all of these things come with Him the Lord Jesus. When you believe into Him, He becomes unto you all these things. Now, does that sound like a scripture somewhere? Am I... Uh, uh, Bo, how about it? Is there a scripture in the background of that? Of course there was. Yes. Right there. 1 Corinthians one thirty. You got your Bible? All right. Somebody got a Bible? There we go. <laughs> okay. Listen. You have, by, by faith, come into Christ. And He is your sanctification, wisdom, redemption, and... I, I got the order wrong at the start. Ah. Righteousness. Right? Wisdom, righteousness, holiness, redemption. Because you went into Christ, these have become yours. He has been made unto us. How come you're righteous? Because he's righteous. How come you're holy? Because he is holy. How come you have wisdom? Because he is wisdom. And you live in him. That's why you have it. If you're outside of him, you don't have it. It's very simple, you see. But it's also very important in the very basic understanding of faith. He is your peace. He is your holiness. He is your forgiveness. He is your life. Now we're saying these things. Is He your life? If you belong to Jesus, He is your life. But are you living in that life? There's that zone in Christ. It's this life. These things come through us, even though we don't understand it. As brand new Christians, we may not understand this, but we're living in this zone. 
Or still, for some strange reason, although you're in Christ, you may find you're a little more home in the world and all of these things aren't there. That's why there's a lot of confusion in Christians' lives, right? Remember the deal you made with Him. He lives in you now. Your old life is basically over. We'll have to talk about that a little later. He is increasing and you're getting the boot. That's the deal. That's how it started. Jesus, be my Savior, be the Lord of my life. That means you're out. You're last year's master. You're gone. It's Jesus now, you see. So here, when you nail it all down, I know this is beginning stuff, but this is for beginners. And all of you are obviously here because you're beginners in the new creation. So here is the issue that has to do with salvation. Maybe it is. Oh, there we go. Who are we at? He who has a son has life. He who does not have a son of God does not have life. Amen. You know, uh, many times uh, you talk to somebody and they say, well, you know what, I accepted Jesus when I was 11 years old, but now you know, I'm 24, I'm out of college, I've gotten confused. I'm not really sure if I'm a Christian or not. I don't know. I, uh, you know what, I was baptized, but uh, just by sprinkling, I, uh, some, I said the sinner's prayer, but it was with my mom. I don't know if all that's legitimate. I don't know. Am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? I don't know what's going on. Here's the answer right here. He who has the Son has life. Do you have the Son of God in your life? I remember as a young Christian, you know, I, I jumped out of the starting block as a young Christian and I started serving God and I went to seminary and I became a minister. And it was when I was a minister that I really hit a wall of doubt. It came and hit me and arrested my growth and made me feel miserable and I... One night I was on my knees on a Saturday night and uh, ready to resign. And the Lord saved me from self-destruction with this verse. I knew I had the Son. My seminary training had put so many doubts in my head that I was struggling with things. But the Lord said to me in the most gracious way, He said, Speak on the things that you know and I will give you faith to believe more. And that was the beginning of my deliverance from liberal theology and faith. But I knew I had the Son. The devil could take me so far, but he couldn't get that out of me. I knew it was there. I knew I was in the Son and he was in me and I had the life. So that was settled and I could move forward. Now, I ask you this question in all sincerity because most of you grew up in a, in, in a church setting with believing parents. Do you have the Son? Then you have this life. Now, what you're doing with it is another issue, but you, you need to start at that point. And if you don't have the Son of God, even if you've been baptized three times and join four churches and uh, serve in the Sunday school. But if you don't have the Son of God, you're not. You don't have the life. And the dear brothers and sisters, there's too many professed Christians who think they're Christians, but they've never been sparked by something. There's a heavenly life that sparks your life. And don't be satisfied with some kind of second-hand 
acknowledgement. If you're not sure, even though you made some commitment, if you're not sure, then I think by the grace of God, maybe if you can just get on your knees when you're by yourself tonight and say, Oh Lord, I want to have the Son and have the life. Be sure of this transaction. Don't live in second-hand Christian life. There is no such thing. It's a very important issue. Another scripture along the same line. Paul is dealing with these Corinthians and there's a squabble going on about various different things. He says, now test yourself in this faith. And what is the final issue? Jesus Christ is in you. Is he? Now, if he's in you, then you need to start letting him live his life in you and stop being so carnal. This is what he's talking to the Corinthians about. But there's the beginning. Boy, that's the test of our faith. Is he in you? Now, every brother and sister, I would hope, who's been a Christian for a little while, has uh, sensed the evidence, the assurance that Christ lives in you. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but there were moments in your life, I hope, I know if you truly were uh, born again, that there are moments in your life where you knew there was this life inside of you. That is key to your moving forward in your Christian life. The result of our faith is abundant life in Him. We all know this verse. Let's all read it together from the thing. All right, ready? Here we go. It comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Ah, abundant life. That means when you sing, He lives, He lives, you don't sing, He lives, He lives. Huh? Do you have this abundant life? Then you should have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Right? Our life grows from faith, that's the starting point, to faith as we walk by His invisible life. I started out by faith and I keep on walking in faith by His invisible life. Um, who, where are we at? The righteous man shall live by faith. Are, have you been justified? Are you a Christian? Have you been forgiven? Then here is your life and the way forward. You live by faith. You live by faith. Okay. Now we start walking by faith. And we start discovering more invisible reality as we take this walk. We take our first steps from faith to faith in baptism as we bury that old sinful go-and-nowhere life. But do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus baptized into death? Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death. But as Christ has been raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And so this baptism we went through, we were put under the water as a sign that we've been buried, and then we were brought up again, hopefully, and we have new life, 
We're living in resurrection life now. This is the first initial step. And when you do that, I don't know about you, but for me, as a wonderful experience. Now, they, they took me down to a river and dunked me in the river, and it was early spring, and they, they just had to knock the ice a little bit in order to get me in. But I remember my baptism. I still have some chills from the experience. But I knew I was dead, and I knew I was alive, and I could sense the life within me, you see. These are the kind of steps we start to take, and every step we take, we feel that life a little bit more. It's a reality in us. The result, we connect to life on resurrection ground. Wow, there's a whole new life, but it's not like that old life. It's a life on resurrection ground. It's a life that often will go through death and come up on the other side. But this is the life we're supposed to live. and We live the life by faith. We take a second step from faith to faith when we receive a powerful dose of God life. Wow. Who's got it? And we receive this Holy Spirit, this life of God, this, this power source by faith. Not by the law, not by something we did, not because we went through the hoops and did this and that and the other thing. By faith. Paul is appealing to the Galatians. Why are you setting up rules now? How did you receive the Holy Spirit? By faith. And by faith we receive the Holy Spirit. This wonderful... Uh, uh, God in our lives, the, in, the internal power plant of God's life. This Holy Spirit is the invisible engineer who connects you into Jesus from wherever you are. He connects you into Jesus. The Holy Convictor who connects you to your invisible conscience and keeps your life on the straight and narrow way. The comforting, keeping, invisible friend who's closer than a brother, sister, mama. He is your comforter. He does indwell you. He's the one who takes care of you when there's no one else to take care of you. The supernatural gift giver and enabler. That is your invisible connection to Jesus' serving power. And the power that you will gain by God's grace to serve the Lord comes from the Lord Himself who gives you His life in these terms of gracious power and serving. What a Holy Spirit. What a connection we have. We're connected to a person by a person. It's a very relational thing. It's very important that we understand the Holy Spirit. And it's important that you remain connected to the Holy Spirit. Not grieving the Holy Spirit. Not to... Uh, 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 doing things against the Holy Spirit when He's speaking in your life. He is your power source. The third step from faith to faith is the discovery of how great God really is. It's a wonderful thing to start growing as a Christian. And you start to realize that He's your Father. <laughs> this is a great thing to say, Abba, and know that God takes care of you. I know it's so elementary, but you know what? As you step by faith to faith, you keep discovering. This discovery always, sometimes after great difficulty, the bottom line is always, wow, God is so wonderful, so great, so generous, such a blessing, God. 
even though we say things against God and murmur sometimes when we're going through things, every time we get through them, we realize why God did things and it was best for us. God is a good God. And you notice the two parts of that at the end there. How will he not also with him meaning with Christ, freely give us all things. Now, every time you ask God for something, oh God, please, please, I know I've got a B minus average, but I want to go to Cornell. Please, please, please. All right, we ask God for something, but realize what God wants to do is give you His Son plus something, you see. How will He not also with Him freely give us all things. He is a blessed God. And His answer to every prayer is to connect you more to His Son. That is the real answer that we know. And knowing God's love leads to step number four. We take bolder steps by faith. Our first little steps are little teeny steps like this. But as we go, we get bolder. Say, God, God's a wonderful God. You start taking a bigger step. That's oh, wonderful. Like this. We come to Him more often. In whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Amen. It's not a question of you being a good person. It's not a question of you being worthy. But you gain this boldness and confident access because you have faith that He loves you. Keep moving with greater boldness. We ask for help more quickly. Now, when you have a time of need, how long do you wait before you head in to the throne of grace? How long does it take you to realize, that's the place I need to be? Well, the more you walk by faith, the more you say, that's my immediate place. I, that's where I need to go. I'm in trouble. I need help. I go to the throne. In early days of Christian, before we take bold steps, when we get into trouble, we say, oh, I better stay away till I work things out. Then I'll come back. Oh, no, no. Later on you realize, oh, I'm in trouble. There's only one place to go. It's the throne of grace right now. Quick. This is this kind of growing and bolder steps that we take. And the fifth step from faith to faith is a miracle. Here's another one of these things hard to explain. Here's the miracle. Uh, I guess, you know, I'm so big I stand in the way of three quarters of the screen for everybody down here. Sorry about that, please. The rest of you down here in the first ten rows want to move over? This is perfectly okay. All right, listen. The fifth miraculous step is this. We start hearing an invisible voice, the still small voice, sometimes in the morning, sometimes at night, sometimes when you don't want to hear him. Sometimes when you're sure he's not there, ooh, and the voice, this is part of the deal. You start to hear the voice. This voice will drive you crazy. He will not let you go easily. The voice. 
At first it comes unexpectedly. And then, you know, you're a Christian, but you don't really expect to hear the voice. What? Oh, Lord, I need you. He says, for what? What? And you're surprised because you actually called out and he answered. You know, so many of our prayer, uh, prayers are like this. Oh, dear God, I come to you now. Here's my list. At first, I need a Mercedes Benz. Then I need a million dollars. Then I need a new job. Then I got to go to college. Thank you very much. I got to go. Somewhere during your prayer list, God breaks in. <clears throat> here I am. You say, What? Oh, well, I didn't expect you to be here. Uh, well, uh, figure out the prayer list. God, help, help, help. You know. Yeah, come, let us reason together. And you hear this voice. At first, it's very surprising. Were you surprised when you heard the voice inside? Didn't expect it, did you? You thought that voice was just, you know, the voice of the preacher back home. Your mama. You know, you always have your conscience. Your conscience is usually your mama. I see you. Don't do that. You know what I mean. But no, 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 this is now the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's the most miraculous. It doesn't sound like your mom. No. You know, sometimes the devil comes to you with a voice. But he comes to condemn you. Here, he wants you to think this is God. Hey, Joel, you're such a crummy Christian. You're condemned. You're no good. Get out of this whole thing. See, that's the devil. Now, he comes with a voice. Now, how many of you have heard the devil's voice? Oh, yeah, there we go, see? Because he always comes and says, you're no good, you don't have a chance. Look at you, you're all messed up. Ah, what are you, schizophrenic or something? You know, he just talks like that. God's voice, when he comes to you, you know what? He doesn't beat you up. Because all he has to do is tell you one sentence, and you'll start to cry. Do you know this? Because God just tells you the truth. And He does it with great love. He's not out to beat anybody up. He has no war with you. He comes to speak to you. Now it's not always about something that you're doing wrong. But it's a very uh, unexpected thing when it first comes. But then you realize it usually happens when certain conditions exist. You begin to sense His voice it comes to you is when there's certain things happening, like you're reading your Bible with an open heart. That means, doing, 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 right? Mia uh, Corazon's eyes are actually open when you're reading your Bible. Hmm? Reading your Bible. Or you're hearing a message, somebody's speaking with an open heart. Or you're worshiping the Lord with an open heart. Or you're praying alone with an open heart. Or you're talking to someone and you say something that goes back boing, 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 into your own heart, open heart. And it dawns on you that there's one common denominator. What is that? Uh, yeah, the open-eared heart. Why, that's it. You've got to put that ear on there. Why, you know something? The heart not only, Mia Corazon not only has eyes, she's got ear. Ah, you don't believe it, huh? Okay, so that's why we need 1 Kings 3.9. Who's our next reader? So give your servant a certain heart. Discover your people and distinguish between right and wrong. Okay, hold it, hold it, hold it. You got the phony baloney version. Okay, now listen. This is King Solomon, right? And God comes and says, what do you want? And King Solomon was thinking, Mercedes-Benz, a better throne, you know. 
But what did King Solomon pray? Here's what he prayed. Give me a... Good. What, is, what does it say? A discerning heart. Okay, that's close enough. And in the Hebrew it says a hearing heart. Now wouldn't that be something to have? Listen, you want something for Christmas? How about asking God for a hearing heart? So when he speaks, you can hear him. That's what Solomon asked for. And God said, boy, that's the right thing to ask for. I've given you everything else as well. Now that, that was a smart answer. A hearing heart. This is such an issue. Do you have an open heart that hears? I mean, how many times have you read your Bible in the morning? You know, you read it in the morning and say, Okay, Lord, I've got to read the Bible. Let's see. Oh, yeah, First Chronicles 9. And there was Zebediah and Rashabiah and Hanabiah. And he was married to Zozobiah. And, uh, oh, yeah, thanks, Lord. That really spoke to me. But what if you read the Bible with an open heart? Oh, you'd be surprised. You look up Zazabiah, and it means, uh, you know, uh, cherished by God. You say, hey, that's me. God, thank you for cherishing me through Jesus Christ. You're set for the day. All you needed was that little Zazabiah with an open heart. Don't look up Zazabiah. I don't think you're going to find this. I, I, I think I just made that up. These five invisible miracles have happened to everyone who's connected with God through Jesus Christ. Just what we mentioned already, right? You start to experience freedom from the old you with baptism. You sense the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You begin to see how great God is. <laughs> you know, for 20 years of my life I heard about God. Now my mother was a, a faith person who believed in God. But until I was saved, I, I never met God. But boy, our, our God is some God, you know. Uh, we begin taking bolder steps and find abundant life, which Jesus came to give us. And you begin to hear an invisible voice. This is the joy of living faith, connected to the living God. Now, this is Peter's testimony. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Now, that's kind of a miracle, isn't it? You've never seen Jesus, but you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Now, how many of you, uh, how many of you do you, uh, are Christians and your friends think you're crazy? Oh, well, here's two people. Raise your hand. Uh, oh, there's a third one back there. Do I see a fourth? Do I see a fat? I don't know. Okay. No, this isn't invitation time. But listen, if you really love the Lord, your friends are going to start to say, you know, this person's a little crazy. They saw you going down the street and you didn't see them. And you were walking down the street saying, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. And your friend says, woo. <laughs> but this is because you live the abundant life. You know, the people in this world, they live such a narrow, little, squishy life. They're always down on stuff. They're negative. I mean, the latest fad at colleges, I'm mad for no reason at all. I'm just mad because 
of life. That's it. I'm mad because of life. It's ridiculous. But you have abundant joy and abundant life. And when you show that, you know, there's many people in the world who are looking for a reason. A reason to live. A reason to have joy. Now some of you, very seriously, you already know that you have some, some friends in this world who already tried to commit suicide. Because they've got nothing to live for. And you have abundant joy. Oh, don't hide that under the bushel. What happens when you hide the candle under the bushel? What happens? You can't hide it. You just become smoky. And people come up to you and say, you smell like Jesus, but I can't see anything. You know, because you just put everything over there and now a lot of smoke's coming out and your friends come up to you and they go, <coughs> what's the matter with this guy? He's got so much smoke. Take off the thing and say, ha, it's because this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Right? Jesus is your abundant life. And they say, aha, now I know this person's crazy. Yes. There you go. Joy inexpressible, full of glory. And that's just the beginning. We really have yet to learn what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe. His surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe. Ay, ay, ay. This is something so wonderful. Is this, is this life your life? Are you just one of those people, you want to be like the world so bad that you're an angry Christian? Don't be a stoopnagel. What good is it to try to act like the world? That's not for you. They're miserable. The only joy they get is making you miserable. So why don't you stop? This joy, this abundant life, this life connected to God, this is a whole other walk. It's a whole other way. It's a whole other life. Live that life. You need to come out of the shadows. The world's got nothing. It's got nothing. And the more joy you experience in your life, the more you'll see. This can be your life. For some of you Christians, you'd have to say this was your life. But something took you into the shadows. What happened to that life? Only one thing can hinder this life. Hmm, what could that be? You let something steal your heart. Ah, this heart thing. See, we're going to have to take this up next time. Just what this Mia Corazon is all about. Take care, brethren, lest there be in any one of you an evil unbelieving heart because here's the destiny it falls away from the living God and when you have an evil unbelieving heart and you fall away from the living God well you still believe in God but you don't have connection with the living God something's interrupted seemingly that life flow and the Lord said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. 
Now, I want to just press that into you today. Do you love the Lord God with all your heart? A heart undivided? A heart full of joy? Or has something stolen your heart? That's the enemy's tactic. What happened to shut down that open heart? Well, we'll take a look at that in the next uh, messages. Next time we look at this. This is the belief in machining. Yes. How faith works. It's very complicated how faith works. So be sure you bring your notepads next time to take a look at it. Okay. Now, uh, anybody have any questions? So, let me get this straight. So, you neither had any answers, nor do you have any questions. Now, let's see. Where does that place us here? Hmm. (laughs) Faith. Living faith. Living faith. Ah, that's what we want to see. All right, let's have a prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, our connection to life. Oh, praise His name. We live. You ask me how. I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Thank you for this faith that connected us. Oh, Lord, it is a mystery. But now we're dealing in unseen things and we pray that you'll give us eyes and ear of the heart that we may hear your voice speaking to us and we may see unseen things. Grant us living faith, Lord. We're so complicated. And yet the connection is really by faith. Teach us how to live in this way. That we can move from faith to faith to faith. We thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us along this way as the new creation. We pray for anybody here who either never has really taken the Lord Jesus into their life, that they'd be deeply convicted by the precious Holy Spirit and realize it's the only, only way to live. And then we pray for those whose hearts have been temporarily stolen by something distracting. And we pray, O Lord, that you would bring them back to a clear confession that they love the Lord their God with all their heart. This is the only way for us to live. Oh, do cleanse our hearts to serve the living God by faith. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.